Hey, how are we doing? Welcome to the show. Um, I wondered if you could just do me a couple of favours. They'll only take a second. Number one, if you could click that little plus button, that little follow button to subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the show, that would mean the world. Thank you so much. And lastly, if you do enjoy the show and you know somebody else that might enjoy it, could you just share it with them? Let one person know about the podcast and let's spread the movement, right? And lastly, if you get time and you get two minutes, just go down to the reviews and let us know what the show means to you and what you get out of it. I appreciate it. Thanks, lads. Enjoy the show. Guys, how are we doing? Hope you're really good. So uh, welcome to a uh, second episode of Chewing the Fat. Um, I've got uh, another one of my uh, guys coming in, coming on board, who's volunteered to come and chat. Um, and we're just going to chew the fat over development, the past, what we're trying to get up to, problems that we face. Um, so, yeah, let, welcome to the show, buddy. How's it going? Uh, it's all good. It's all good. You? I'm good. Yeah, just for the guys listening, will you just give it like a, a 30 second intro, who you are, where you are, what you do, etc. OK, uh, I'm Russell Samuel. I'm living in Cumbria, in Brampton, in Cumbria. I work for Pirelli. Uh, I've been working with James and the community since the back end of autumn last year. Uh, I had a bit of a rough year, so I saw James's ads on Facebook, the five-day challenge, and it started from there, and that's where I'm at. And I've subsequently done the 28-day challenge, and I'm currently working with the community and James, and uh, it's going really well. Good man, mate. Uh, Russell, it's great to have you on board. Mate, so um, how's the start of the year been for you? Start of the year was slow, to be honest. Like I say, you've got to be honest about things sometimes. And uh, coming off the back of Christmas break, you know, a bit lethargic, a bit sluggish. Did have my plans in place and everything else. But as in life sometimes, not everything hits the ground running. So not a great start with a chest infection as well. But things was have come Was it just a chest infection that like, but did that just obviously knock you off kilt? Was there anything, was it just the overwhelm of Christmas or just like the Christmas hangover, not as in booze hangover, but just the chaos and organisation? I always find that, I don't know about you, but when I come out of Christmas, I almost come out of Christmas hating it as much as I love it. Because I'm just like, as soon as, I mean, literally, as soon as I like wake up on Boxing Day, I'm thinking, right, decks down. I sound like a right misery. I'm like, decks down normality back to order let's go and obviously yeah. um i'm just somebody who struggles to relax i think a little bit and switch off 100 yeah. percent, james yeah i can totally relate to that i'm not a massive fan of christmas myself but i'm a father got two girls so i go above and beyond really my comfort zone at that time of year which yeah. i don't really like but i'm a bit of a grinch but you know it's for my kids and it can be overwhelming. It, you know, yeah. it can be a sensory overload. And, you know, I'm quite happy when January comes round. It's all in the past then. Back to chill, back to normal. And then I can uh, crack on, really. So, yeah. Nice. So, mate, what was, um, what was childhood like for you? Like, if we went back, I was talking to Dean the other day and we were talking about his childhood. It was really fascinating about how... He like bounced around a lot because his parents worked in different pubs. So be, like every, it's very much like the military, you know. Every get a post in every two years. What was yours like? My childhood, I would say, up until uh, I moved from South Wales to Cumbria, was amazing. I was a very happy young boy, you know. What I mean, I, I loved where I lived and everything else. And then we moved up here, and I totally didn't want to. So it was a massive upheaval for an eleven-year-old boy. Yeah. Uh, 
with my dad's work. And then ultimately, uh, my dad left my mum and my mum was left to raise us kids. So I lost my father figure and I was taken uprooted from where I was happy and, you know what I mean, and everything else where in South Wales. And I was bullied as a young boy, different accent, new kid on the block in a village. And, yeah, it was, it was hard uh, financially, emotionally. I didn't have a father figure. Stability had gone. Uh, the comfort of, you know, the provision of two parents gone. My mum had to step up. Um, so, yeah, in all honesty, it's like uh, two halves. The first half, very happy, fond memories. From the teens onwards, very hard. I had to find my feet, toughen me up. And, uh, yeah, some tough times, yeah. So when I, when you moved at 11, I'm guessing, like, you had your circle of friends and your best friends, mate, like, you know, just at that time. And, obviously, I bet that was heartbreaking. Just the thought of, I was thinking about when, when my two were 11, if I moved them away, like, how devastating that would probably be for them. Yeah, absolutely. Everything to you at that, that age, right? So um, when your dad left, uh, did you really understand what was happening? How long into, like, having after that move did he did he move away or leave home? Maybe a couple of years, tops, to be honest. You know, it didn't take too long. Um, and then he left, started a family up with someone else, and he just we broke contact with us, really. So it was just like a complete disconnect. Um was it just sudden? Just like just like that? I don't think it was just like that, James. I think it was obviously behind the scenes as a kid, you don't know the full story. You get the gist of the tension in the house. Yeah. You know, he was very much a man's man and we were very much on eggshells around him. Um so I think it was behind the scenes a slow burn. And in the end, what happened happened. And then it was like, right, dad's gone and we've got to, you know, survive, get on with it. And this is the reality now, basically. So so difficult for a young boy. So confusing already as it is, right? Like I often see my boy who, like he's 15 at the minute, but I can see there is such complexity to his life, even though he's like, who am I? Where, where's my stance? Where's my ego? Where's my positioning? Um, and I think it, you know, when you lose your, I, you know, I lost my dad when I was six. I'm sure you know the story anyway. And I've got like one of my big fears is that something would happen to me now and he'd be left in that limbo at 15. And the girl's so young and my daughter at 17. And it's just, God, it's terrible. So, like, in, in terms of obviously for you growing up for your teens and going into young adulthood, um, how do you think that that affected you not having that father figure around in what ways? Um, yeah, it did affect me um, in, in the respect that I don't believe I had um, the guidance of a man, a strong man in my life as such in that respect. So um, I think deep down and to this day, it has left scars and it has left me with uh, a bit of a conflicted mindset on what it is to be a man, a father. Um, somebody finding their own place and space in the world, really. So for me, what I did was I took that and I suppose I've utilised that kind of pain, that experience, and I've challenged it into my life now as a father, as a yeah. man, 
and I can be there for my children and uh, show up. And for me, that is pivotal. So I, I, took, I took a negative and utilized it into a positive. Oh, so I don't have a blueprint to be a father and a yeah. man, but I created that myself. Yeah, but it would have been nice to have had that to guide me and show me yeah. through, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's like our logo, isn't it? It's like lead you to lead this, yes. like very yes. much that mantra. <clears throat> but you said it, I was going to suggest this, but you said it, it's taking your pain and turning it into power. Yes. Um, and you almost went through that experience to now see how, it, although you weren't specifically led, the situation has led you to making sure that you show up right to be that leader. <laughs> to be that dad, to be that man, you know, and I, and I often think about like the hardship of losing my dad very so young, but then having to endure an emotional bully stepfather until I was old enough to stand up for myself. And I think I look at that situation and I, I think there's an element in what I do in terms of God, I would hate for young kids to lose their dads, right. Through suicide or strokes or heart attacks or, you know, or, or just lose themselves. And I feel like, as fathers, we have this unbelievable potential to create the next generation of kids, right? In terms of, I don't want peoples that I work with, kids, to then grow up and be lost and confused. I want men to be a big, strong role model, that leader. And I don't mean like the good old days, like the back in the mind, right? But I mean teaching our kids how to be emotional, how to understand our emotions, understand what's right and wrong how to stick up for ourselves you know and talking talking about work ethic etc so listening to you there and the work that we've done and you've done in yourself as well is, is it that's incredible to listen to and i'm sure that people will listen will, will really take uh, heed from that so here's an interesting question so in your mind how do you define masculinity right good question and like you say we just touched on it there yeah. i don't believe masculinity in this day and age is that throwback to you know the big butch strong guy not showing his feelings i don't believe that at all i believe masculinity in this day and age is a man who will show his feelings and emotions is prepared to to show up is prepared to play with his kids on the floor and is also prepared to pick them up throw them about shows his strength not just physically but emotionally spiritually and for me, that's what a man is in this day and age. And for me, that's what masculinity is. It's not about the stereotype of years gone by. We've had to evolve and move with the time. So I believe masculinity in this day and age is somebody that men, women, kids look at, respect, and say that guy's on point with how things are these days and how he needs to be and how he needs to really show up, really, as a worker, a father, a man, a human, a role model, all those things. That's my definition of masculinity, and that's what I try to aspire to pretty much every day in all aspects of my life, really, in a nutshell. And in theory, what you have just stated is all of your values and principles yes. uh, like that, that you value, right? They're attached to that. And I, I, I'm, and what you were saying at the very start, in terms of how masculinity has has maybe evolved, I think 
10 years ago, there used to be one umbrella that kind of everyone tried to squeeze underneath, right? To have that masculine, that ego, like you got to be the breadwinner, you got to be this. You and I still think that, that, that there is that stigma in society. Still, I think people base their own actions, values, and principle based on that one umbrella. But I think when you look at it now, there are multiple colored and patterned umbrellas. With yes. each with their own different sense of what masculinity it was. So if I was to ask 10 guys after you what it was, I think there would be some level of alignment, but there is some level of also disconnect. Yeah. And we're all different, right? So we all have a, and it's based from you and me have a very similar background in terms of maybe not really having a strong father figure. And so we're very aligned in what our, our, our values and principles are as, uh, as masculinity. Whereas somebody... I don't know who maybe started work at 14 with their dads down the mines might think of it completely different, right? A hundred percent. And that's where we got to understand each other. I think, I think moving forward. So, um, so family wise, you've got, you've got your, you've got two girls. Yes. Two girls. Yep. Girls. And how old are they? They're 15 and seven. Wow. So how do you find coping with a 15 year old and a seven year old? (laughs) (laughs) That no one laughs says that you know the answer to that one already, James. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the 15-year-old, I've got to be honest, since she's hit her teens, has been a literal nightmare. Um, <laughs> hormones, all that stuff. We've yeah. been through a lot of testing times with her, um, with a lot of things that is quite common with young girls these days, unfortunately. Um, self-harm, body dysmorphia, um, you know, the internet and all that stuff and socials and, you know, I mean, it's all very hard on a, a young woman, young girl coming through. But luckily, I've got a good relationship with my daughter. So she often talks to me. I'll listen. I'm quite laid back and I give advice and I'll give her a hug. I tell her I love her. I tell her I've always got her back. And first and foremost, I always tell her that I'll never leave her. So as what happened to me, I assure her because she knows the story. Yeah that will not be repeated. So I've broken a cycle. Oh, my seven-year-old, she's just at that beautiful age. You know, yeah. yesterday I had a, you know, a school teacher was on strike and I had her for the day and she just lights up my life. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Love I love the both the bits. They both bring different things to the table. But uh, I was never really that paternal a person, but I wouldn't change it. Yeah, it's yes. great. Best it's job a, in the world. It's a never-ending job of... Uh, curveballs is like I always look at like I so I've got four yeah and what you're going through with your daughter is exactly what we went through all of those things that you spoke about everything and she come back she come back at 15 actually she started very she grew up very quickly when um me and my wife divorced um and yeah so she's a little bit ahead of her time and then it's interesting the difference between the girls and then bringing up, a, you know, I've got one boy bringing up that boy as well in difference in terms of communication and language. And, and uh, you know, I, I, it's, it's very interesting when the 15 year old starts to build up confidence to want to confront and you then having to manage that em- ego as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think... Yeah. It's, I, I think it's an interesting challenge as a parent when you know when you come up against stuff it's 
you know, like I say to you, all of you guys in our community, everything's a test. Everything's a test of our emotions. Yep. It's a test of our decision making. It's a test of our composure and our calmness. Yep. And it's a test of everything we've learned. Right. So and I and I always come to my mantra and I, we, I'll be honest, like, you know, over the years we've been building this, we've come up with different ones. And I always think the best one that describes what we're trying to do for men is lead you to lead them. So anything you say. It's, you've got to think as a leader, right? As a, as, as a parent, for sure. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, 100%. So um, what do you do for, like, um, hobbies? What do you kind of do for sports? What do you kind of do to keep yourself? What do you do for you? Uh, for me, James, uh, I live in a beautiful neck of the woods here, just on the uh, foothills of the North Pennines. So there's fells, forests, tans, Ponds, rivers, you know, just out in the country. So it's beautiful. Like, you know, that that's great for me. And it's really good for my mental health, for my well-being. So the walks and the nature, that's all tied with in, with my passions. Um, I very much like um, combat sports, uh, a lot of MMA and stuff. So I know you like your, uh, your jiu-jitsu and your, your MMA and all that stuff. So that kind of stuff. I like seeing family and friends. Um, I like the personal development side of things that I do like today I'll just go around litter picking trying to give back to the community I'm trying to do things that um that's of value that it gives me something but it's mainly giving something I'm it's if I can do things for like charities for the community for my family or friends I get a lot from that so you know why is that important to you it's important to me because this gives me something so I want to give something back and that's what I believe life is about that it's not yes. about take 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 for me I've always been I'm no Samaritan I'm no Samaritan I'm no like um I don't never want to be on a pedestal or anything like that I don't do things for gratification or validation from people as such if people appreciate what I do then fantastic but yeah. ultimately it makes you I feel good yeah it is and that's that's my juice, really. That's what gets me up, is that when I go to work, I do it for my kids, to provide for them. Uh, when I go out and do things, whatever, I've done lots of charity events in the past, it's given back to charities, like when we did the charity walk, you know yeah. what I mean? All that kind of stuff, I, I take from that. That that gives me purpose, and it, it gives me that degree of satisfaction, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but fulfillment is hard to come by these days, I think, in terms of, yeah. because we, we, we're moving so far. I'm really interested in, like, when you joined us, what you were going through at the time to make you feel like you needed to come in and work with us. Yeah. So, so do you want me, sorry, what was? Yeah, so it, so it, in terms of that question is, like, what were you going through at that time in, in, in your life that made you feel like, I need to do some work for myself? Like, um, you know, because talking to you, you sound like you're uh, the amazing byproduct of, I think, of all the work that you've done on yourself through our programs and through accountability by being in a community. Like listening to you, man, you you're a great, you're just a great byproduct of the work that we do. But I'm wondering, it probably hasn't always been like that for some reason because you've come into our world for some reason. So I'm kind of wondering what was happening at the time to make you feel like you needed to come in. Okay, JB. Um, basically. 
for the last couple of years, I've had a lot of work-related stress, and obviously I've had a bit of stress with my eldest daughter. So um, in July last year, I had two bleeds on the brain, subarachnoid hemorrhages. I had a double bleed at work, and it happened like that. And the only thing I can describe it is must be like being shot in the head, basically, and everything goes a multitude of symptoms it's, it's not good and I went to A&E and um, I had to go to RVI in Newcastle in the end to get um, assessed but at the time I didn't know what was going on and it was quite a concern to the point where I'd sent texts to my girl's mums to say I, I could be having um, an aneurysm there's something going on that's really bad that they can't totally see into yet I had uh, CT scans and stuff. And at that point, it was the worst because I didn't know if I was going to live or not. I wasn't sure. And obviously, with having kids, you know, I was totally in, in, in pieces. But in a weird way also, I was kind of quite calm and accepting of things. And it was like, okay, I'll deal with this. So I went through a hard rehab after that. There was, you know, a lot of headaches. Um, a lot of symptoms that came with it. I had to build myself back up. And when I, I saw your ads on Facebook for the five-day challenge, I was in a shit state at the time. And I thought, these guys are doing like marathons and shit. I can't do any of that, you know. But I thought, it's it's not about that. It's about that. 100%. And I and I thought, right, I'm going to do it. I, I can't do what these guys are doing, but I'm going to do what I can. Yeah. And I thought, Accept the position and push and move forward. And I thought, no matter what, even when you're on your ass, I had two beautiful reasons to pick myself up. Yeah. And I had a picture that my mum brought me in hospital that kept me going of my two girls. And that's all I needed. Amazing. Then I worked with you and you were the catalyst for the fire, the fuel, all that stuff that we talk about always. Yeah. To kick on. And it gained momentum and I really embraced it. And I had to look at myself, my failings, the procrastination, the honesty that we talk about looking in the mirror. And I had to say to myself, you let yourself get to this. You know what I mean? They got to you, but you let them get to you, like work and managers and the rat race and all that shit. Yeah. So in the end, I thought, right. And that was it then. I thought, it's time to work, it's time to push on, and I need someone to give me that, which you did. Amazing. And the community has, and the support, and, you know, the yoga, the the workouts, the, the things that came with it, you know, the support from John Talbot and other guys, you know, just listening to other guys go through similar, worse, less stuff, whatever, we're all in the same boat, and that's what, brought me to here and now it was do or die and i'm a swimmer i'm not a sinker i've always fought and i've hit dips in my life this was probably the worst and i had numerous other things happening that year as well that were worse like a, a near fatal car crash i lost my granddad i split with my partner who got long covid and then i had the bleeds on the brain so i was like okay you've had a shit year but you're still breathing you're still, you're still fighting you to so do something about it. So for me, I'm quite that person that was like, right, 
you know, you came in and helped me and you met me halfway. I met you halfway. And even though I was on my ass, I still had something in the tank and I've built myself up again. And I'm not the finished product because like you've talked about, it could take a good 12 months plus and I may be six months into it. But I've noticed changes and differences and I've got to give myself props for that. The 1%, that's what's made the difference. And I'm not the finished article. And like you say, you never will be. because Never will be. But I accept that. And that's the key is to accept you're not as bad as you are. Things aren't as bad as it is or you think it is. And all I needed to do was just give myself a bit of props because... I don't think I was as bad as I thought I was. And going through this process and this work, when you realize in yourself that you are worth more than you see yourself, that's when you get that empowerment. And that's when you start to really have a realization that you're worth more than the sums of what you think you are. And that's the realization that's really through the, you know, it's, it's good, the CBT techniques, I believe in the power of CBT and, you know, that side of things that you bring to the table works more for me than the physical, because my battle is always here for a lot of men. It is. Yeah. It's the chimp. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's all that, but you know, the fights with myself, but I'm starting to meet myself on a more even ground now than I did before. Mate, you should be sitting here. <laughs> Mate, if that doesn't inspire guys, like I, I don't know what we are. I'm like listening to you, and I'm literally enthralled in that story and some of the things you were saying is like incredible. The narrative has changed. Like I can imagine, like the narrative has definitely changed. I always kind of in the center of the earth. Obviously, we've got our like core, and I think we've always got one of those in our brain. And the whole point of the rewiring process, and 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 it's it's interesting some of the things that you have about the first perceptions of coming into this like oh they're all running marathons and actually it's got nothing to do at all physically even the physical challenge that we do on the five day is not about the physical it's about how do you handle hardship how do you overcome those uh, that being out of your comfort zone how do you handle doing something you haven't done for a while and i think like listening to you is, is is incredible because you're just your dialogue your narrative everything is aligned um and of course we evolve because we we get tested in different ways, right? There are new the hardship just doesn't just go. The way that we condition it and handle it and, and 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 manage it and master it does change. That's what we do for that work. So, um, great great bit. So for for you, mate, in terms of like the future and outcomes and things that you're looking at, what's on your mind? Where you where are you thinking your life's going? Well, at the moment, you know, pretty happy with things in general. I'm not in a career that I'm happy with, which I'm, I am looking at other things. And I have been obviously taken on board Pamela Langdon yeah. uh, advice and your yeah. advice and stuff like that. So I am looking at other things in that respect. Um, the, the future, it's, it's, it's really hard to kind of foresee. So... I am making like my quarterly plans, my monthly plans, my weekly plans. And for this year, I have made plans. I'm trying to stick to them and, and aim for things. I just want to see my girls grow up. That for me is my focus, my drive, as I'm good. sure it is most people. But yeah. that is a good thing to, to yes. center yourself on. Certainly with what I went through, it's like a second chance. So I'm utilizing that. So, you know, for me, it's just seeing my girls grow. 
hopefully to meet somebody again, a partner, you know, to have that again, um, to do more charity work. I had signed up for Mount Snowden in May uh, for the Alzheimer's Society because my granddad passed with dementia and Alzheimer's. Unfortunately, that got cancelled, so now I'm going to have to look at something else. Yeah. But that's what I'm looking for in the future is to, is to have things to look forward to. I have things I want to do in life, kind of like a bucket list, you know, like yourself, you know, you want to travel and stuff with your family, you know. So I have, you know, similar ideas, similar wants and drives. And those are the things that I'm pushing towards and going to try and make happen, you know, with a positive mindset and, but not stress myself out over it if it doesn't happen, you know. And so, you know, just a positive mindset to try and, you know, carry on with being a dad trying to maybe reevaluate my career and look at other options and travel, you know, just stuff like that, really. Good stuff. I love it. So we always want to close the show with a bit of a, a tradition. It's only the very start of this particular phase of the show. And if we had a third guy joining us in here now and you could only give him one piece of advice, what would it be? Is that a, a life kind of hack advice yeah. or is it like, so he'd come in here and he'd just one piece of advice or guidance that you could give him based on your own experience and what you've gone through to help him progress. Good question. And I would say, if I could give a piece of advice, is that value yourself more than what you think you're worth. And I think if you can do that and work on that, I think overall, as a person, you would probably fare a lot better in life if you give yourself that respect, that pat on the back, that acknowledgement that you're worth more than the sum of the parts that you think you are. There's a huge difference. That's the advice I would give. It's not, it. an, it's not an easy one to just have like that. It takes Love work, it. but that's it. my advice. Well, you you just giving it to about twenty thousand people, so you'll be uh, you. There's a bit of advice more than just one person, mate. It's been a it's been a real like great honour to have you on the show. Um, I think your story is incredible. I think where you are right now is incredible, you know. And I think it's about really making that stick. This is forever, you know. It, you know, it's never over until it's actually over, as they say. Um, but thank you for being on. Really appreciate it, guys. If you really enjoy the show, please let us know via the comments. Please let us know what you thought of the podcast. Please drop, like follow us if you're not already following us. Um, we've got many more conversations coming up with many, many, many more people with great stories. So we'll see you for the next time.